Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Leadership on Mission podcast. I'm your host, Chad Williams. And on today's episode, we have a very special recurring guest. He is the pastor of ministries and worship at Highview Church. He is also a planting pastor of Highview Church, along with myself. Uh, we're joined by the one and only Josh Hildebrandt. Josh, what's up, buddy? Hey, man. Glad to be here. Josh is also a, a Bitcoin miner. Bitcoin, yes. That's my new endeavor. Just started that, so we'll, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> if, if you hear... If you hear his Bitcoin farm yeah. uh, mining while we're recording this podcast, I'm telling you, man, it makes it makes quite the noise. I had to put the rig in my garage, and uh, we'll have to, you know, if, if you hear about all the power in Mirror Lake, little subdivision <laughs> we live in over here, just spontaneously going out, you'll, you'll know why. It's like that scene from uh, the uh, the Christmas Vacation. Right. When yeah, he absolutely. when he plugs up, Clark plugs up. <laughs> the whole city just goes out. And yeah. yeah, they have to they have to use the nuclear reactor to, to get, get the city back online. Yeah. Back online. I, I thought about I thought about introducing you as uh, as Bitcoin cryptocurrency expert. Pastor, yeah, pastor pastor of Bitcoin at Highview Church. We we, so, we we probably should we probably should do an episode on uh, on cryptocurrency. And uh, if I would have started actually mining cryptocurrency when I first looked into it, man, we, we'd be having a different conversation. Oh, no, no. mostly when we talk about cryptocurrency, I just have like feelings of resentment and regret. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like I wish I would have started this when I first heard about it. But yeah, yeah. I got another uh, friend of mine, a uh, friend of ours who uh, is a, uh, is an investor mm-hmm. and, uh, and, he was actually him and his wife were wherever for dinner a couple of weeks ago, and I brought up cryptocurrency. I had no idea he had a he had he had all these feelings about it, but yeah. he's still extremely salty about yeah, uh, about this. I mean, I, I seriously looked into it years and years ago, back when it was just you know so cheap, and for whatever reason, I was like, I don't know if this is a, a wise thing and a good investment, so I just left it alone. Right, you know, and I think there's a lot of people that have done that, and now they're looking at it, going, "Oh man," you know. Right. Oh yeah, no, no question about it. Definitely, definitely. Well, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, maintaining healthy relationships with other leaders uh, over long periods of time, and uh, obviously, uh, if you're more than likely, if you're listening to this podcast regularly. Uh, you are a leader and you also lead alongside other leaders. Uh, that is one of the, uh, one of the advantage, one of the things I love the most about leadership is I get to lead with other leaders and be Absolutely. around, uh, other leaders and, and strategize with other leaders and so on and so forth. And actually, I don't, Josh, I don't know if you know this, uh, but as of this year, 2021, you and I have been serving in some capacity in ministry together for a decade. That's incredible. I mean, I think in that wild, um, that's a huge accomplishment. You know, I think you don't, you don't see a lot of people that, um, that minister together side by side for a long time like that. And, you know, there's some real advantages to it for sure. Well, I hear, um, 
of pastors or, um, you know, business CEOs or top level leaders staying in one place or staying with one organization mm-hmm. or sort of one church for 30, 40 yeah. years. But typically, typically that's with a lot of different people mm-hmm. around them over that period yeah. of time too. It's not always one guy or two guys or three guys at all kind of do that, walk that journey together. Right. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of moving pieces around that one central person. Um, yeah, that's, that's really common, but I'll say it doesn't feel like a decade, man. I mean, the time has flown by. It really uh, has. With, with Highview. It really has. So we, uh, Josh and I planted Highview, uh, eight years ago. It will be, yeah, eight years ago now. Um, yeah. and, uh, Highview church, uh, I've, I've talked about it. We, we've had different people on from, from our church, uh, here on the leadership on mission podcast, but, uh, Highview church is a church we planted, uh, eight years ago here in the West Metro Atlanta area. We're kind of on the fringes of the Western suburbs. Uh, so, uh, it's, uh, it's a church plant that God just blessed uh, tremendously. If you, you actually live, uh, in the Metro Atlanta area or want to find out more about Highview church or you're a church planter, um, and, uh, and would like to connect, uh, check out, uh, highview.tv, check out our website there. Uh, and you can also uh, email me at chat at highview.tv, uh, for more information on the church. But, uh, we've been blessed, uh, Josh and I, again, we've, we've been on this journey together this entire time. And I think learned a lot about leading with other leaders through this, because for, for those of you, um, who are in a context where, you're wired one way and another leader close to you is wired a different way. Uh, Josh and I have so much to tell you <laughs> because uh, now I, I'm of the opinion and, and you, you correct me if I'm wrong here, but, but uh, I'd like to hear your take on this too. But um, I'm of the opinion that you need leaders around you who complement your skill set, not only your skill set, um, and there can be overlap there. And I think with Josh and I, there is some overlap there, but also wiring and, mm-hmm. and, uh, the way we view things, uh, and, and how we, and, and how we can navigate that as leaders without it becoming toxic or without it becoming, uh, even confrontational really, um, in a negative way. Uh, and so that's something that uh, Josh and I have walked through a lot. We're, we're, we're wired very differently. We do have different skill sets. We do, uh, when we were just talking about this yesterday, just the kind of the extent of that. Um, mm-hmm. But um, we have kind of collectively, I think, um, led and kind of helped create uh, a culture and, and done things together um, that I think we could not have done on our own. Um, in other ways as well. What, what's been your experience as far as um, working with another leader whose wirings are very different mm-hmm. from you? Um, kind of what's your mindset in that regard? Like what, what, what are your thoughts on just that dynamic? Oh, I, I have so many. I think there's like, you know, categories <laughs> of thoughts, but I'll, I'll unpack a few. You're like, I, I've, I've been thinking about this for 10 years. Oh, I have. Right? <laughs> and, and so, you know, I think there's a couple things. First, at the surface level, it's an experience that most people bail out from because you, you initially you're going to rub yourself the wrong way 
with a person that's different than you, because naturally you just, you're wired to do things your way. And, and it, if you're in leadership, the whole point is you're leading and you're kind of taking either a group of people or an organization to a place. And so naturally right. how you lead feels like the right way to do it. And when there's a, an alternate kind of view, um, that creates tension right away. So uh, a lot of people bail from that and, and you, you know, you end up uh, depending on the leader sometimes with a, a decent organization. But what I found as we've labored with it over the years and, uh, and God's been gracious enough to us to not allow either one of us to bail is the, um, the strengths are, are the, how it exposes the holes in our own leadership. And if you can be humble enough to, to see that at the end of the day, you find out that, um, you know, you become a better leader. Uh, the organization is in a better place than if you were just doing it all by yourself. Um, so I think it, um, you know, it, it really, it takes some humility to, to stick it out for a long time when you're, when you're leading alongside another person, but the benefit of it, uh, when you look back, you know, 10 years history is I, I think I'm, I'm a better leader today because, uh, of how I was bothered or annoyed or you know, my buttons were pushed or things yeah. were exposed because of your leadership. Yeah. You're welcome. Right. Yeah. And you, exactly. <laughs> your style. And I, then hopefully the that, I had your development. Every time I annoyed you uh, or bothered you, you yeah, yeah. I had in mind, like, I'm just trying to make him a better leader. Like, you know what I mean? I was looking what, out for I your good. That. I knew that deep down. And that's <laughs> why I just hung around. Yeah. No, that is so, that's so true. Um, I think that over time, um, I have learned to admire and, and I, I think I appreciate more and I'm th- I'm actually like, I, I'm actually thankful you're gifted in ways I'm not like extreme, like there, there's, there's uh, I think yeah. sometimes when, when you're a young leader and you're around someone who has a competency, uh, or, or some gift that you don't have, there is a natural covetousness of that. There's a, I, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't do that the same way. Yeah. Um, I, you know, like, um, you, you know, there's, there's lots of examples where, you know, but off the top of my head, something I've, I've seen over and over and over is, uh, as a pastor, uh, Josh has a tremendous ability, uh, to counsel. He, he has a tremendous ability, um, to, to walk people through issues and, and those type of things and people feel cared for and loved when they walk through that with Josh. And, and I've seen that over and over and over and over and over. Uh, I do not have that same gift. Um, for me, I, I almost come off. I feel like, like a consultant more than a counselor. I'm just trying to fix you and, and right. trying to figure, uh, but Josh has that, in, that ability and it's extremely valuable uh, in our our field of of labor, which is pastoral ministry, and I know many people who listen to this are not in ministry at all, and that's fine. But uh, in our field, that's an extra, extremely valuable gift. Um, and uh, early on, I'm like, man, I I need that gift. I need that tool in my yeah. toolbox. Um, and and he has that in spades. Over time, I just become more at peace with my own gifts, and therefore, yeah. really, just more celebratory of yours. And I see God's kind of complementary uh, work uh, there. Uh, 
you know, a, 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 you know, you know, the, the, I think there were ways, for example, I think there were ways that Paul was gifted. Barnabas wasn't and Barnabas was gifted. Paul was. So, um, and, and they were, so, so with that said, I, I think I've just learned to appreciate more, uh, and just be thankful for it. And, and, and I mean, like, yeah, that's, he's really good at that yeah. and, and be happy Absolutely. about that. I think that's such an important point. Like if you're going to be in ministry for a long time and leading together with, you know, another person, there's one thing that will undermine it just in just immediately. And that's envy. Right. And, and I, I think the combination of, oh, yeah. of, and you mentioned this earlier, uh, you talked about admiring the other person. You, you need to be able to admire that person um, and to see the best in them. Because if you don't, um, what happens is that spirit of envy starts to grow in you. And, you know, you, you need to be able to think the best of that person person, actually admire them. That's one of the things I've found that's really helped my heart in all of this is to, to make sure that, that my view of you is, is held in high esteem, right? Like even when I think you do things different than me, or I would do them different, I I need to make sure that my overall view of you is I admire this person. And that helps me then to see, um, to see your successes as my successes too, right? So there's admiration and trust, I think are two key things and then avoiding envy. And if you can kind of manage those emotions, um, you know, I think you've got a good shot at having a healthy, long relationship with another leader. What do you think is a, a key way to maintain a, a healthy relationship with other leaders on your team? Like, what are some practical things that because uh, I, I feel like with other leaders, and of course, I mean, this isn't just me and you. I mean, we're we, there, there's lots of other leaders at our church. Um, but, uh, but what, what do you think is a key kind of practical thing that you can do as a leader to yeah. help maintain healthy relationships like that? Like what, what's, yeah. what's something we can do? Yeah. I, I think there's a, a few things I think of first, I think you need to have, um, you need to do things together in ministry. So, you, you know, like actually have projects you're working on together where you're collaborating together. So your two styles of leadership are kind of butting heads and you're seeing how they complement each other. So you, you don't want to have just total sandboxes where you do your thing over here and I do my thing over here and they, we never kind of interact. Um, you want to have some things where you're collabing together so that you're, you know, you're, you're seeing how the two ministry styles complement one another. And then I do think at the same time, you do need to have your own things and then the key to that is the other person needs to celebrate and kind of watch and be the biggest cheerleader, right, for that person. Um, and so um, I think one of the things, I don't know when this happened. It, it may have kind of just stayed this way from the beginning, but um, I, I never felt like your success or, you know, if you're working on a ministry and it did well, that wasn't your success, right? Mm-hmm. That was the church's success, which was my success. And, and I think you've, you know, I've heard you say the same thing. Like, you know, when, when another person gets up into the pulpit and preaches a great sermon, that's, that's not a bummer to you. That's great. You know, or if a ministry does really well, um, we're, you know, we're each other's biggest cheerleaders, um, and, and spurring one another on. Um, and I think that's really, uh, a way to, to create a healthy dynamic in a team relationship. Uh, for the long haul, because if you feel like there's this competitive nature, uh, it, it really undermines um, 
you know, uh, the gifts that we individually have. And it undermines us feeling like, hey, my gift uh, is valuable as well as the other person's. So instead, what we try to do is we try to elevate our gift because there's this competitive vibe. And so we overplay our hands, you know, yeah. and I'm pushing too much into my gifting because I'm competitive. And then I actually hurt the organization, um, you know, so. Yeah, that's right, good. Just some thoughts. That's good. You, you'll never have a healthy relationship with another leader on your team that you see as a threat to you. Absolutely. Like, so I, um, for me, something I jotted down as um, a good reminder and something I've had, I've, I've had to learn from and work and work through as well, particularly uh, struggle with this as a young leader. Uh, and I think a lot of leaders struggle with this, but it's easy to forget that the the people you work with, the people on your team, uh, the people you work for, the people who work for you, um, where, wherever you're at on that leadership structure, here's a really important piece to remember. All leaders are people. Mm-hmm. Like, now not all people are leaders. That's true. But all leaders are people. They're, they're human beings. And it's very easy as leaders uh, particularly those who are very driven and very maybe very entrepreneurial, uh, to start seeing people around them as tools to get things done, or or yeah. even tools to push the organization forward, or or do this or do that, or see the church reach more people. Like they're usually good ends, you know what I mean? Like they're they're usually they're not evil purposes, and ultimately. The, the the leader usually can justify it by saying, in their minds at least, they can justify it by saying, well, um, it'll be for their good if all these things happen, and I need mm-hmm. to push to make sure this happens. Um, yeah. But it's easy to lose uh, that, that these are human beings. Um, and so um, just, just having conversations with people that are not about work um, – mm-hmm. Going to lunch and just talking about life, asking how their family's doing. Um, yeah, those are all th- those are all things that um, over time uh, I see so much more value in um, leaders on my team that are at, just as human beings as people. Uh, now, at, at the same time, of course, you, you still have a job to do. You have to hold people accountable, and that might <laughs> that might not always feel warm and fuzzy to people or or whatever it might be. Uh, but I feel like people are much more receptive to that if they know you care about them uh, yeah. personally, and yeah. uh, and Absolutely. so so I and that's something. I mean, just in just a total transparency, this was in maybe maybe the first or second year of uh, of High View. Um, I remember I remember you actually telling me, man, you, you that's something you need to work on, and that was very very helpful uh, to me at that time, and something I, I took to heart. Um. But it's something that, like I said, I think a lot of young leaders struggle with. Some never grow out of it. But okay. um, but it's a good reminder. Hey, these 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 people are people first and foremost. Right. So, right. and I think I think another thing too that's really important, you know, when you're working with a, another leader, is to to get to the place where you can be honest with yourself and admit that your leadership style is not always the best for every circumstance. Like what's needed in a circumstance yeah. sometimes is exactly, you know, uh, how you're wired and how you would approach things. And it's better for the organization and, and for the church and, um, and being 
being willing to, um, to just admit that to yourself, like that's a real humbling thing. Um, and to be okay with it. It, 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 there's this place of freedom when you get there, especially when you've got people around you now that, that you're comfortable with them being better at things than you. Mm. And, and you're not threatened by it. There's just such a place of freedom there because you realize that, Hey, this is, this is a team. This is a family. We all benefit when, um, you know, whatever the task is, right. is done by the best uh, leadership style that we have at the table. Yeah. Um, and I think if you start building that culture where, you know, you can, um, you're looking for the best, uh, the best outcome here, right. For this particular goal or task, whatever you're trying to accomplish. And sometimes it needs to be approached with maybe uh, a more pastoral or a more, you know, day to day type operation um, type approach. And another thing might need to be approached from a, a long-term perspective and you, you need to lay yeah. out broader vision and, and being able to go back and forth, I think, and, uh, and be comfortable with that is really important. Yeah. For me, it's about, sometimes it's about just knowing when to shut up and just let you go. Just let yeah. you, let you, amen. amen. Let, <laughs> I mean, you know, being able to, re- this is a really, this, this only comes with time too. Uh, yeah. and just working with someone for, you know, every day yeah, for a period of time is you start, I think we both know when there's those moments. Yeah. Like the, I, 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 yeah. I, there's certain moments in certain meetings yeah. when yeah. I just sit back. I just yeah, sit back and, I, and I'm not even, yeah. I'm not even worried about it, you know? And yeah, I'm like, this, just, this is, you do, you do you, this is a Josh moment or this is a Chad moment and he's better suited for right, what's about to happen right now. He's better suited to have this conversation. Uh, just let him have it. I like, let him, let him do his thing. There's no, I don't, I'm, I can, uh, I can play wingman here and, uh, and just uh, be supportive and, yeah. uh, and, and kind of cheer on from there. And I think, that comes from just being in a lot of different situations with another leader. Like yeah. that's what I'm saying. A lot of this stuff is truthfully, um, it was not revelations of, of two or, you know, year two or three per se. It's just, it's just doing this over a period of time. But I, I, I feel like there's so much fruit that comes from time just time and yeah. and you start oh yeah we've been in this spot several times and and this is where i know when this is this is where josh is going to to kind of take over and 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 got us and, and and the like um another practical thing for uh, just kind of maintaining healthy relationships with other leaders and I, and i think personally this has been one of the things that we've done probably the most i don't know how i, I think intentionally uh but uh, but I think it's just kind of how built into how we operate now, um, particularly if you lead in a in a public context or lead a big team or whatever it might be. I think this is really really critical. Um, publicly affirm yeah. the other leader before the entire yeah. organization. So whether it's a yeah. church, a business, publicly affirm support. Um, I found if you let any crack of division uh, or any crack of, hey, we're just not on the same page, um, there's always going to be people ready to rush into that gap and make it a lot bigger. Yeah. And yep. there just has to be a completely solid, united front. And not to say that um, we don't disagree I think, of course, we do, and we did. But it's it's how you disagree. It's disagreeing behind closed doors, 
um, it's coming to a consensus, and then it's just publicly completely affirming that that other person. Like looking for opportunities to praise. I, I look for opportunities to praise Josh uh, before the church. Uh, I yeah. look for opportunities to affirm him uh, or to commend his ministry uh, to other people and to, and, and honestly just looking for opportunities. Like when I have a platform looking for opportunities to use that platform to support him or to encourage him or to, to before the church. And so I, I think that's, I think we've done that uh, pretty consistently over these last 10 years. And I think that's a, that's a big part of maintaining a healthy relationship. Yeah, I agree. And you mentioned disagreeing, you know, um, the way we've stayed together and, and, and kind of a healthy relationship is not because we didn't disagree. It's how we disagreed. All, we disagree a lot. It's how we disagree. And I think that's been one of the most important things. I've seen um, lots of leaders disagree in really toxic ways. And the thing that helps you to disagree in a helpful way goes back to that admiration and trust. That's why it's so important that you admire the person, that overall you think highly of them. Because if you think highly of a person and they have an idea that you don't agree with, you don't feel the need to attack the person or to, to shoot them down in a way that's really destructive. Um, right. You know, I think what we do a lot of times when we disagree is we, we add to the other person's point or we shape the point. That's how it feels. Like instead of saying that, I wouldn't do that at all. Or no, we can't do anything like that. You know, we it's the tone and the way we, uh, talk around our disagreements is encouraging. It, it shows that the other person's not, you know, a blooming idiot and just completely off in left field. Uh, we want to show, okay, I get, I get that point of view, but here's how I see it. Um, and I think that's really important how you disagree. Yeah, absolutely. What, what are some things, um, uh, I wanted to kind of get your unique perspective on this. Uh, what, what are some things that have been helpful to you in terms of how you work with, uh, like myself, I'm a, uh, classic type a, uh, for, for people who are into disc profiles, uh, high D, uh, I always score those types of scores on, on those kind right. of assessments. Um, how, um, and I'm just curious how, what, what is your approach to, um, kind of working with people who are wired like that because a, a lot of leaders, a lot of leaders are, and, and even leaders who aren't classic type A are still assertive people that are successful at what they've done. They have opinions. So, I mean, what, what are some things that you've kind of learned or, or how do you navigate all that? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. That, re- that requires some, <laughs> some thoughts very carefully, I would say. <laughs> um, <laughs> now I, I think, um, well, with my particular wiring, you know, I, I'm a task oriented kind of person. And, uh, you know, I, in some ways I work really well, um, you know, with a, um, kind of a type a person, um, because, uh, I, I like to get things done. Um, I don't like to, uh, to just talk about getting things done. I really like to get things done. So if I can get in a room with a person that has a lot of good ideas, um, then I can kind of, uh, I can see ways to implement those. Um, so one of the things I've tried to do, uh, is, um, you know, and I remember early on at Highview praying this way, uh, and it, it may seem kind of strange, but this was kind of my heart posture, Lord, how can I help Chad to be successful, um, in what his, uh, 
you know, his vision is and, and kind of how do I need to position myself um, so that I can help him be successful? Um, you know, and there's parts of me as, as a leader that, that sometimes I, I um, uh, that's difficult, you know, because you, you, everybody kind of wants to feel successful in their own um, vein in their own kind of lane. But one of the things I learned was that uh, me making other people successful is me being successful. Like yeah. that, that, that they're not, it's not either or like I've found great joy in um, coming alongside you. And I know it's, you know, you do the same to me, you know, you come alongside me, but I think working with um, a type a person, you know, you, you've got to be willing to, um, to get in the boat and steer with them. You can't constantly be wanting to try to steer a different direction. Mm -hmm. Um, you've got to, you've got to get excited about the vision that, that they're, uh, you know, putting down and you've got a lot to offer it. And and quite frankly, their vision might not do anything unless you get in the boat, steer with them. Right. Like, but, but you've got to, you can't be fighting and thinking, man, I want to have my own vision. I want to steer this direction. You just got to get in and be confident in your ability and your, you know, your giftings um, and your ability to impact things and, uh, and start steering in the direction that they're pointing. Um, yeah. you know, so I've, I've tried to do that at, at high view and just in our relationship. And there have been moments, you know, when I've, I've struggled with that dynamic, but overall, man, it's just, I've reaped a lot of joy from it. Um, and a lot of blessings and, and also just professionally, like I'm at a place now where I think I'm a lot further down the road, uh, because of the strength of, you know, us, uh, working together and some of those things. Yeah. I, I, I think that there, one of the key things for, for leaders on, on any team, uh, is that what you mentioned that support that, uh, Hey Lord, help me help this individual be successful should yeah. be the prayer of every single leader. I mean, it really should be. Um, and I think that, um, it's really important that that not be a one-way street. Right. So um, that that's something that um, I, I do feel like we, we've done pretty intentionally is uh, I truly believe that you want me to be the best version of me I could possibly be. And I, and I, I think you know I, I want that for you as well. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways we get there is through being different. And through being having the the complementary skill sets and yes um, and and over time you start to see too like you know we were talking about uh, not always agreeing uh, and that's of course that's true um, but you also begin to see um, the value of people in different ways for example um, there's been times even recently where um, I'm a I'm a classic visionary in, in most senses of the word. And, um, but that doesn't mean that it's always going to be me. Who's who primarily is seeing what, what we need to do. Um, and, and and I think, uh, even strategically, I think you're, you're very good at kind of strategically setting out how we're going to accomplish something. That doesn't mean you're always going to be the, have the best strategy. Um, and so I think, you know, I think not putting people in kind of caricatures, uh, 
mm-hmm. where um, they're always the 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 one running out front, or they're always the one playing the support role. I think sometimes, absolutely, I, I think sometimes um, I don't care if you're a lead pastor or or a CEO or or leading a ministry or whatever it is. Sometimes you just need to to play the backup, and you need to just be supportive. Um, and uh, yeah, and I'll tell you one of the most go from undermining. There. Yeah, one of the most undermining things that I have in my own, maybe it's just the insecurity, but if I feel like a person or, you know, the kind of the um, the general view is, you know, Josh is just, there's no vision. Josh is just an implementation guy. Well, that's not true, right? You know, and, and I think it's the same yeah. thing kind of in your position. If it's Chad is all vision, but, you know, it's not going to be the, the day-to-day. That's not true either. Um, yeah. You know, we have our, our strengths, but there are a lot of times when I'm, I'm thinking long-term, you know, and, I'm, and I've, I'm thinking of the vision and implementing the vision. Um, so I think it's really important you don't caricature, you know, the, the leaders that you're working with. Um, you know, we are holistic people, and these personality tests, they may give us some glimpses of, you know, how we're wired, but, but they can't really capture the whole person. Yeah. I, I, I would add to never assume the relationship is healthy. Um, I I think that there can be a, uh, a natural decay to relationships when there's an assumption, everything's fine. Um, if you haven't had a a discussion with a certain leader on your team in a while, you shouldn't talk to them. You don't know how they're doing. You don't know how their family's doing. You don't know how their health is. Uh, you probably need to have that conversation pretty soon. Uh, because I, I've found that too. And I think this is a really important piece for us. I think we, we, we know we have to communicate enough personally to stay in a place where we give each other 100% the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that is massive when it comes to leading with other leaders. If you're to the place where that individual is, you're, you're just suspicious of their motives, you're suspicious of, of what they're doing, you're suspicious of why they're, they're not for you, uh, and you start getting this sour view of them in your heart, um, there's some work that to do. Work, yeah. That's not going to work. Yeah. Um, and, and not only is it going to be personally toxic and relationally toxic, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt performance as well on your team. You're going to quit communicating. You're going to cut that person off. You're going to say, I don't want to talk to that person. I'm done with that person. And once, mm-hmm. once you kind of stop giving them the benefit of the doubt, you have started sliding relationally with other leaders and, and, and work needs to be done. And so it takes work, uh, to, to constantly give someone the benefit of the doubt. Uh, it takes, it takes work to, to be in that place, but you have to be in that place in order to lead well with Mm -hmm. other leaders, uh, as well. So uh, I hope this has been helpful. Uh, Josh, man, um, really appreciate having you on buddy. Um, it's, uh, it's been a fun 10 years, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh over the next 10 years. Yeah, man. It's uh it's been uh, been a lot of fun. Hope this has been helpful. Let me encourage you uh if you're uh, new to the Leadership on Mission podcast, welcome. Uh please leave a rating or review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh we have uh subscribers uh on uh, Overcast uh that are uh, joining us regularly as well. So welcome to our new subscribers there. And we look forward to seeing you next time on the Leadership on Mission podcast.